coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, this is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, let's spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. Very pleasant greeting and welcome once again to the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, where we make the magic of the right hash. Luke Ned Carney, Alex Thompson here with you, settling in on this Saturday morning with college baseball underway, college basketball coming up to its exciting stretch conclusion. NFL free agency right around the corner. Before we know it, it'll be draft time. Alex, who said there's an offseason in, in, in the right hash? You know, I think we talked like it was just going to be an Armageddon and a wasteland earlier in the season when we talked about football not being here. But football's absence is not – I haven't even noticed it with all the other sports that are going on between the Olympics, Champions League soccer, NBA being in full swing, NHL being in full swing, uh, NCAA basketball, women's basketball, uh, college baseball, hopefully Major League Baseball. I mean – there's so much going on. There is. And we haven't, we haven't really talked a ton of basketball here on the right hash. We're going to do some of that today. Uh, I know we have, we have an exciting, uh, exciting segment planned later that's related to basketball. I don't want to give too much away, but, uh, but we're, we're sure you're going to enjoy that, especially if uh, you're one of our North Carolina and Raleigh area listeners. You're going to like that. Uh, we're going to talk uh, Grinder. We're going to go back in the Grinder today, uh, talk about what our favorite pet band songs are. Alex is a, a band kid himself so this will be a, this will be a, a, a lot of content there as well but we're gonna start with college baseball and I'm gonna start with one Tommy White or as he's better known on the campus of NC State University Tommy Tanks through six games seven home runs 15 runs batted in and an average of 619 Alex when you hear guys hitting a bunch of home runs you think just home runs and strikeouts but this guy is actually hitting the ball all the time yeah, and um, let's let's reiterate the fact that this kid is a freshman. It's not like he has just been sitting behind a wall of depth at the position, and you know he's like some junior or senior that you know has just been behind major league talent. No, this kid comes right in. I mean, first first at bat, right, Luke Homer. Yep, first at bat, uh, uh, first collegiate at bat. And I think he was not the only one to do that. I think uh, if you saw our tweet yesterday, um, the Boston College team had a guy do that as well. Uh, Sam McNulty uh, for the BC Eagles also homered in his first collegiate at bat. So I've, I, I'm sure it happens at least once every year, but this is the first time I've seen it happen multiple times with my own eyes. I mean, man, to hit 619 against a pitching machine is almost impressive, but to go out and do it against live human beings, I mean, let let's call a spade a spade. It's not been you know good competition for the most part, but still a true freshman doing what he's doing. I'm really excited to see him get into the meat of ACC play, um, as well as I know that they have a game coming up on Wednesday, coming to Bowie's Creek. I may try to sneak over there to that game. Uh, Campbell's got a pretty nice team this year. They've just had a really rough. Uh, really rough schedule here to begin with with both Maryland and ECU on the docket um but I'm excited to see what what NC State gives us this year they're a top 10 team looking like a top five team absolutely smashing whoever they're playing 
Um, they've scored at least six runs in every single game this year. They won every single game this year. They put 24 up uh, on the board earlier this year in the in the opener, actually. Um, so it's it, it, it's something I'm really interested to watch with NC State. As as I move into a little bit of the of the analysis of the team, I do have to look at you know they are giving up some runs to very inferior opponents. Now I haven't watched the games. I haven't seen if they're giving up runs just you know late in the game because they're getting guys work or if they've been you know actual runs that the starters and you know meat of the rotation are giving up that's something to monitor as the season goes on but let's forget all about that and just focus on Tommy Tanks cuz that guy is i mean it might be his only year he's at NC State the way he's playing yeah i was going to say uh Tommy Tanks with the game tied 2-2 against Quinnipiac yesterday hit the tie-breaking grand slam so yeah state was having trouble with with inferior competition uh, yesterday but you look at the whole picture as a team, the Wolfpack is hitting 425. Uh, so you you mm. kind of you kind of wish it was five, just five percentage points lower. But that's yep. still really, really good. Even to you know, we're more than a week into the season. You know, they've played. You know, they're in the middle of their second series. They've played almost you know the equivalent of two series and still hitting at the clip. You know, it's probably going to cool off at some point. But you know, Doak Field is a hitter's ballpark. It's always been a hitter's ballpark. You know, there, there's not a lot there that, that gets in the way of balls flying out of the yard. Uh, and, and NC State's got the team that is conducive to that. You know, uh, and on the other side of the ball, you know, like Sam Highfield has, has pitched really well. And he's a guy that was highlighted this year as a, a guy that was going to need to contribute uh, for State this year. But to your point about, uh, you know, about giving up runs, uh, they most of them have been in garbage time. They so they beat High Point eighteen to three. They beat Longwood nineteen to three. Um, Evansville twenty four to six, six four, seven nothing. Um, and Quinnipiac ten to four. So State has put up double digit runs in four of their six games this season. And I don't really care who the competition is. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, from an offensive standpoint, I don't have any. I don't have any worries about the pack. And I, I don't even have worries about them from the pitching aspect. It's just what jumps out of the, off the page once you go past their offensive stuff. You start looking at it, and you know maybe a little bit more uh, runs given up than you would like to give up. But on the other hand, when your offense is doing that well, it is, it can be a little bit difficult for your pitchers to settle in because they're they're not having innings quickly back to back to each other. They're they're having to stay warm. Um, mentally staying in the game. Your catcher has to mentally stay in the game. It can be hard to do that when you're up 18, 19, 24. Um, so it's definitely not something I'm saying as a negative, just something to watch as you get into the meat of what's going to be a, a, a very difficult uh, ACC schedule. Um, thank, thankfully, State seems to be dodging a lot of the uh, the big teams this year in the ACC, so that's good. Um Again, I'm really, I'm really interested to see where they are uh, in that Campbell game on Wednesday because I think Campbell is the first quality opponent re- that they're really going to have played. I'm not saying Campbell is going to beat them by any stretch, um, but Campbell, Campbell's had a good year um, so far, even though they've lost all but one game. They've been against really good competition. They've been in good games. So I'm going to use that as kind of like my early season litmus test for NC State, just kind of that barometer for, okay, is what we've seen up to this point real or just 
happening because they're playing extremely inferior competition. I think that they're a really good team. So I think that they're, they're going to handle Campbell perfectly fine. Um, but Campbell's played a couple of top 25 teams already this year and held their own. So I'm really interested to see how it, how it plays out. It's a, it's a early afternoon game, 5 PM in Jim Perry stadium in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. It will be on ESPN plus. Um, I'll be at least watching it. I might try to make it over there for the second, second half of that game. Um, if I can get out of work quick enough, but, uh, that that's that's my litmus test for for NC State in this early part of the year because they don't play anyone really until March 11th when the Notre Dame series starts. Yeah, the last non-conference weekend series is against Northeastern, who actually made the tournament last year. I went to that Fayetteville regional where Arkansas yeah. emerged, and and then State beat Arkansas in this super regional. So so you've at least got a tournament team coming in. Granted, they're from an area of the country that's not big on college baseball, but. You mentioned Notre Dame. Uh, Florida State is the next ACC series after that. Georgia Tech, who's always tough, um, and Clemson are their first four ACC series. Uh, but the good news for NC State this year, they dodge Virginia. They dodge Miami, who are two good teams out of the Coastal Division. But they, they do have North Carolina on the schedule, Louisville on the schedule. So, yeah, I mean, without really knowing who the class of the ACC is this year yet, you look at State's schedule and you're like, okay, you know, they've got some tough opponents, but they don't have the toughest schedule possible because you, know, you don't have to play Virginia, who was the other ACC team in the College World Series last year. Yeah, it, exactly. And, um, you know, not, not, a, not a massively talented year for the ACC like we've seen in past years. Um, like you said, NC State, Florida State, they're sitting at 9-10 and 10 as the two highest-ranked teams in the ACC. Right now, Notre Dame following at 13, uh, Georgia Tech at 19, who dropped a game against Georgia Southern this week. Um, so we'll see if they're still sitting there in that ranked area. Um, also have uh, East Carolina, who was ranked 25. Um, well, well, we'll see where they stick as well. Um, mm-hmm. At ECU is on the schedule, I believe, uh, at least once, maybe twice for the pack this year, and one of those, you know, single game, middle of the week, uh, breakup type things. Um, and uh, oh, also have uh, Duke and Miami, uh, Duke, Miami, and ECU, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. So there, that there is talent in the ACC. It just doesn't seem to be top end talent, which is great for NC State because I think personally. They're they're the they're the class of the ACC. If if I had to just you know, it's hard to go off of um, you know five six games against you know cupcakes basically. But the just based on the eye test, NC State has been legit. They have been everything that they were supposed to be, and and, and more with Tommy Tanks uh, uh, showing out and and coming out on the big stage. Just seeing just a ton of. I don't follow almost anything NC State on Twitter, and I've seen a lot of uh, tweets about him from, you know, big verified accounts, uh, Stephen Shug, um, uh, like uh, the, the Division One baseball accounts. Uh, a, a lot of he's getting a lot of a lot of uh, playtime online on social media. So they, I, I hope that puts some eyes on NC State. I think it's about time NC State had some eyes on them during the regular season. Uh, anytime North Carolina is good, they have eyes, but. When NC State gets good, it just seems like nobody cares. So I'm hoping this is something that helps people outside of Raleigh care about NC State baseball. And to answer that question about East Carolina, March 29th, 6.30 p.m. at 
Clark LeClaire Stadium in Greenville. And then on April 26th, the Pirates come to Raleigh for a 7 o'clock game. So, yeah, two midweek games with East Carolina, uh, who's another good team. And that kind of speaks to the regional aspect of college baseball. And I, I learned this last year working with Georgia. You know, we played teams like Georgia Southern, Georgia State, you know, some of the teams like North Florida, um, you know, Jacksonville, regional teams. And, and you'd think like, oh, cupcakes, right? But, but those guys have talent. Those teams have talent. Because there's just so many players in those states, and they can't all go to the big schools. Not everyone can go to Florida. Not everyone can go to Georgia. Not everyone can go to Georgia Tech. So there's just so much talent that you know Georgia Southern scoops up some really good players. You know, uh, and, and we saw that beating Georgia Tech in a midweek game. Um, and, and you see this in California and Texas a lot too. These smaller conference schools are actually really, really good and are, are better than some power conference schools simply because you've got a lot of kids who are trying to stay close to home and can't go to the big schools because there just isn't room. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great segue into talking about, um, you know, the team that I've paid attention to every game they've played this year. And that's, that's the, the, the baseballs, um, the Tennessee volunteer baseball team this year. Uh, you, you mentioned Georgia Southern. We talked about them upsetting Georgia tech. Well, that's who Tennessee opened the season with. And, uh, they were nine zero, ten three, and fourteen zero against that team, and you know they're 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 not a they're not an elite team or anything, but I mean they have enough talent that we we got a transfer off of their team in the off season that that they have talent on that team, and I mean just absolutely got ambushed out of the gate by by Tennessee. This Tennessee baseball team is way more complete than I thought it was going to be a, a week ago. Um, of course, again, cut the competition. It's It's been Georgia Southern. Then we had a, a four-inning game against Tennessee Tech that got rained, uh, suspended due to rain. Not rained out, but it's been suspended. It was 5-4 when it got rained out. Um, and then we uh, played uh, one game against UNC Asheville, 16-1. And then, of course, last night, um, just jumped all over the heads of Iona, twenty-seven to one. Um, you know, so they're five and zero to this point. Um, they've scored at least ten runs in every game except the opener, where they scored nine. Uh, Trey Lipscomb last night. I was texting you about this. Luke uh, went five for five, nine RBIs, and hit for the cycle. Only the fourth cycle in Tennessee history. Uh, the first one since Jordan Rogers did it in twenty sixteen. Not the Vanderbilt quarterback, but uh, the Tennessee baseball player. Um, what I'm really interested for with Tennessee is that they're going to get, they're going to get a chance to, to have a real, real litmus test, not like Campbell, but a real litmus test next weekend, starting on Friday, we go for the Shriners hospital for, uh, children, children, college classic, uh, and our first game Friday, 8 PM is against number one, Texas. This is who we ended our season against in Omaha last year. Um, very close game, the battle of of te uh, Texas versus UT, the real UT. Um, but they, they did get the best of us. They were a better baseball team. They got a, 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 a little, a little bit of help from the, the, uh, the officiating crew, but I digress. We start with Texas. Then we play Baylor on Saturday and finish with Oklahoma on Sunday. Um, and I think, I think we have a really, really good idea of what Tennessee baseball is going to be this year, just coming out of that three game series. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch 
see how some of our newcomers handle an away field environment. Um, this is really going to be their first experience with that, although it's not going to be a true away game. These are all in Houston. Um, big big thing, m- much like much like Tank was all over social media, Tennessee also had a guy all over social media this week. Um, ben Joyce came out of the pen earlier this week, uh, making a humongous splash. He's coming off of Tommy John surgery last year, but um, in his appearance earlier this week, he threw – Two pitches at 102 miles an hour, two pitches at 103 miles an hour, and several scouts had him on a gun at 104 for one pitch. Um, Those last three pitches I mentioned would have all been the fastest pitches thrown in the majors last year. Um, He's loaded with a 90-mile-an-hour change-up. He's got this very Greg Maddox-like arsenal where it's just fastball change-up, and he's just going to blow it by you. Uh, Simple, effective. The only concern we have about this guy is just blowing his arm out. Thankfully, our pitching coach, Frank Anderson, um, he's the guy who coached and trained Garrett Crochet, now of the uh, Chicago White Sox. So he certainly knows how to help kids throw heat safely. Hope we can keep this kid safe all year. Hopefully we don't have to use him too much, and we can just truly only have to use him coming out of the pen. Um but yeah, that's I, I'm I'm so excited for Tennessee baseball this year. I'm excited for NC State baseball this year. I'm just excited for college baseball in general this year, especially if Major League Baseball doesn't happen or it happens late. Um, I, I it's almost the best case scenario for college baseball because they get to be everyone's baseball fix while Major League Baseball is not being played. So, kind kind of a perfect thing for them. I'm still just trying to wrap my head around the term ninety mile an hour changeup. Yeah, yeah, What's you have to watch the was? video of that, man. You have to watch the video of that. It is, uh, it, it, it makes you do the meme where the guy kind of blinks and moves his head back a little bit. You know, kind of yeah. shakes it off like he can't believe what he just saw. Yeah, that that's kind that's kind of what I did when I watched it live, and then I saw some uh, pitching accounts and some uh, some ex major league baseball pitchers talking about it on Twitter, and they all had kind of the same reaction. Ben Joyce was heralded as quote-unquote, Tony Vitello's secret weapon because we hadn't seen him pitch in college. Um, and, uh, yeah, talk about a freaking secret weapon. Nobody knew about this, but we have a guy who's touching 104. Well, now everyone knows because it's, it's made the rounds. And- yeah, it, it's, <laughs> everyone knows now it is no longer a secret, but it certainly is still a weapon. Yeah, but this, is, this is a great event they're having in Houston. I just looked up the full field. It's, uh, it looks like UCLA. LSU, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Texas. And uh, uh, Tennessee's going to play all of the Big 12 teams out of that. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, but having LSU, UCLA, those are two powerhouse programs as well, uh, along with Texas and Oklahoma and Baylor, all of whom yeah. have, have been to Omaha in recent years, you know, last decade or two. Uh, and and I, the, what's pissing me off about this is I can't find TV information for, for any of Is this on TV? Like, am I going to be able to watch these games? I, I, I don't see TV information for it myself. Um, I I am not sure what the plan is there. Um, I don't know if these are going to be broadcast just on Astros.com. That's that's what I'm seeing here on the Tennessee site where they have where they normally have SEC Network Plus, watch ESPN. They have Astros.com down for this one, so maybe it's just a live stream through the Astros.com website. Since it's always free, free, that might be what it is. If it's free, maybe you knowing that it's probably probably not free though. Well, if it's, I'll probably buy it if it. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, you will, and maybe I wonder if anyone will bang on trash cans there. 
or if that's um, that's now a thing of the past. I don't know. Maybe maybe drum on a streetlight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic, dude. Fantastic. If you know, you know, folks. If you know, you know. College baseball, Tommy White, Tennessee. Lots. It seems like off. We barely talked about pitching here in this this segment because it's just been all about offense. I mean, well, we'll get to pitching at some point uh, during during the season. I, I promise. But but how, how can you not just focus on on what's going on with with the gorilla ball right now? That that's that's what I uh, what I what I like to call it. Just just mash the ball over the fence as hard as you can. That that's the best. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee thought Josh Heupel was going to have the most explosive offense this year at at, at Tennessee, and uh, I think Tony Vitello took that personally. Share with share with the class what you you posted yesterday that that Vol Nation uh, loved so much. Oh, um, well, I, I, it just kind of dawned on me we had scored a whole lot. I'm like, well, you know what, Jeremy Pruitt never did score a whole lot. So I went back and looked last night. Tony Vitello and the boys scored more runs. Then Jeremy Pruitt's 2020, his his final team in that COVID year, then they scored in seven out of their 10 games. So Tennessee would have beaten Jeremy Pruitt's football team's output in 70% of the football games they played. Uh, as to the Vols, keep an eye on them on the offense. We'll see how many games they play where they outscore Tennessee's football team from, from this past season. I don't know if we want to set an over-under on it now or we want to – Take bets or something, but I don't know. I don't man. know outscoring the past, I don't know if we're going to outscore the past season, but we certainly can outscore Jeremy Pruitt's team. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so <laughs> follow us. Follow us on Twitter at the right hash. Send us a message. Uh, see if see if you want to guess how many games the Vols will put up uh, twenty plus twenty plus runs on, on the baseball diamond. Um, at the right hash. Our email is the right hash at gmail.com. Send us a message if you want to hear us talk about something. And I'd like to thank Slim Sweets, Speedy Custom Sneakers, for uh, their support of, of this program. Go, go on back in our episode history and catch our, catch our interviews with Miles Speed and Earl Sturdivant as well. And I yeah, hope to have them all back on here uh, soon enough. But lots more to get to here on The Right Hash. And we go in the grinder here on this Saturday morning. And friend of the program, Richard Parker, asks, what are our favorite pet band songs to hear at sporting events. And Richard, we like to thank you for this, uh, this, this question. It's a really good one. And it's actually a really good timing too, because it's, it's a good filler between, you know, the sort of the end of the meat of college basketball and then waiting for that seat, the, the tournament season to begin, which is sort of where we are right now. And during the NCAA tournament, we're going to hear pet bands on pet bands. You know, I, I think pretty much every school brings their band. They sit behind the baskets and, each band takes turns at each time out uh, playing different songs. Um, and and I, I think it's what sets college sports apart uh, from, from the rest is the, the, the pet band atmosphere. You know, it's not, it's not just a hired band collecting a check like, like at an event or a wedding or something. Those are actual students. Those are, you know, those are classmates. Those are people with school spirit and they're adding directly to the atmosphere and making it more difficult for the opponent to play in the arena. And I think that's super cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's what makes college better than professional, in, I think, at every level. For, for me, it's, it's one of the major contributing factors uh, just to the, the atmosphere, the ambiance, the pageantry of co- collegiate sports is the marching band, um, the pet band, whatever, whatever instruments they're playing. 
Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, have, having been in high school myself, uh, doing some pet band stuff, I certainly have uh, some favorites that we played. I'm also I'm just going to try to branch out into what I you know what we hear on TV as well. What comes through, what gets played at Tennessee, NC State games most. Um, so mine's going to be more. I, I'm hoping yours is the same, but it's going to be a a personal top five, not like a ranking of pet band songs. Yeah, I, I, similar to me, all of mine are songs that I have been hearing for years and have you know have significance for one reason yeah. or another. So I, I do have mine. I have my personal ones ranked, but they're not how I would rank them against other pet band songs. If that makes sense, like yeah, th- so yeah. some of these I know are not going to be the top top pet band songs, but they are to me. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what Richard wanted us wanted us to talk about. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dick Parker, for reaching out. Um, great, great topic for us to talk about today. I, I love some of the off the wall stuff. I think that's what makes the grinder segment so unique is it's never it, it's always related to sports, but it's it's kind of almost just not. It, it's, it's, it's what makes the grinder the grinder. Exactly. So we've been put into the grinder. I'm going to start at the bottom of my list with number five. Um, I'm going to I'm not going to speed through these, but I'm not going to linger on them too much. Um, Number five, the Imperial March. Darth Vader's entrance, <laughs> yes. you have to have that playing at some point, especially during, like, a night game. I've, I've seen – the way I've seen that is if, like, they're announcing the starting lineup for the other team, and I've also seen it for when the yeah. referees come onto the floor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, so that's I, a good I've heard, Yeah, I, I, I like to just hear it. Any, anytime some, something bad has happened, I like the Imperial March. Yeah, I've I've heard it at baseball games too. That that when the umpires come onto the field too, play that as well. Uh, my my uh my first one that I'm going to mention is a a staple. It's rock and roll part two, or or the Hey song, as some people call it. Um, this and this is a staple at, at Virginia games where they do the U V A go who's go. That was that was the first cheer I learned. Uh, years later, I learned that the dude that wrote that song was a pervert and kind of a bad dude. So. Uh, don't want to glorify <laughs> that too much, but but, but that, I can't go to a basketball game or any college sporting event without without thinking of that song. Yeah, um, not not one that I hear at Tennessee events. Um, really, it's it's not one that's in our repertoire <laughs> too too much. But every pet band knows it. Every yeah, pet man, band will play it. Maryland popularized popularized this one by saying, "Hey, you suck." Yeah. New, yeah. Yeah. That 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 song. Yeah, that's uh I, I I think that's basically the only way that it's sung now. It's pretty much. Like. The the Redskins did that for, for a short time. There were some Redskins fans who would try to do that at, at Redskins games, but it never really caught on, which is fine with me. <laughs> um I'll go to my number four, which honestly it so it was my favorite to play. Uh, in, in in the the pet band, um, and that is Final Countdown. Uh, the 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 problem with this is we only played it when Green Hope Football won football games. Um, so we pract- we practiced it a lot, is what I'm saying. We didn't I, know, I was gonna say I know where this is going. <laughs> we we didn't really play that song. We practiced it a lot, but you, you played it, that song as often as your team ran kneel downs. Yeah, yeah. As, as often as they won games, <laughs> which was 
Uh, none. The the time I was in high school, um, past my freshman year. So this one was a lot of fun to play in the band room. I wish we could have played it on the field once ever. Um, we didn't, but I I just love it, man. It it, it sets a, it sets a tone, even though it's meant for the end of a Green Hope game. The song itself just kind of sets a tone, and every pet band knows this one as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember on the on like the morning announcements on Friday in my high school, Friday mornings at high school, they'd always play that one to kind of get people ready for the weekend. Uh, Great. So yeah, that's a, another another one that that gets heard a lot. Uh, my, my my next one is uh, this is one that I, I've really only heard at NC State sporting events, uh, but they play this one all the time. It's the impression that I get. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones just broke up, of course, so that they've been in the news. Um, but this is a this is this is a song that has brass in it in the original version, so it's gonna sound really good when played by a pep band, just because. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to think of the song that you're talking about. Yeah, I like never had to knock on wood. You know that song? Like, I know you've I know you've heard it. I I, I have to have heard it. I'm, it's just not coming to me right now. Yeah, well, maybe. maybe uh, luckily, there's this wonderful thing called called YouTube. Um, it's like do 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 do. What's the name? I mean, I, it's called the impression that I get by the mighty mighty boss tones. If I had an instrument with me, I would I would just I would just play it because I'm such a talented musician. But all right, hold on, I'm I'm so. I'm listening. Give me one second, live audience. <laughs> Ta-da. It's a, a live, a live enlightenment, enlightenment moment here on the Dude, right I, I actually don't know this song. Uh, How about, oh, interesting. All right. So that, that there's, there's homework for me. Get familiar with that <laughs> song. All right. Well, there, it, it's, it's, it's an NC State pep band staple with, uh, with Dr. Garcia. So it's, who, who is the coolest guy in the world. By, by, the, world. by the way, Dr. Garcia used to come to Green Hope when I was there and, and do some stuff with us. So God, he's shout the out. man. He's Shout man. out to the great Dr. Garcia. I love that guy. The coolest person. And I, he wasn't even one of my teachers. Like, he just, I don't even know the guy. I just know he's that awesome. He, he, he is like, he just has kind of that, de- he has kind of like a mafioso swag almost. <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain it, but he just, when he walks into a room, you, you, you know he's got the biggest BDE there. He just, <laughs> si- silent BDE. All right, yeah, so that's that two, it's two, two and two here. So what's what's your next one? Okay, so um, coming in at number three for me, I'm working my way uh, bottom to top. Um, Seven Nation Army. Mm, I have some I have some friends I graduated with who would be coming for your head right now. <laughs> I, I I love it. Um, it, it it gets you into the perfect. Uh, it, it gets you into the perfect mood. Um, maybe more so from like a. Uh, it's it's a massive massive soccer song, um, but I, I I hear it pretty much everywhere that I go, especially um, a lot of pre games that don't have like maybe a pre game tradition, more at like the high school level I would say. Um, but you know it it it, get, it gets you focused. What whether or not you like the song, it gets you focused for an athletic sporting event. Yeah, and, and that's one where you can get the drum involved too. You got the yeah. drum beat in the background, and it's yeah, man. I can. It's it's one of those they play right before tip off. You know, literally, exactly. literally right as the referee is raising his arm to throw the ball up, and then the music and stops and the game starts. Yeah, you don't have a choice but to just lock in with that bass 
and Jack White's voice. Like before they're even playing the guitar, just when he's singing with the with the bass pedal going in the background. I mean, it is just it it, it is it is audio Adderall. <laughs> nice. That's a great word combination. <laughs> you know, Adderall. Uh, my third one is a, a, a song that most people know, uh, an older song that I heard for the first time played by a pet band a few weeks ago at a game, well, a game I was doing radio for, producing radio for. So I, I didn't see it. I heard it. But uh, Any Way You Want It by Journey. Play, this one was played by the, the Baylor pet band. And I'm sure they're not the only band who's played it. But this, this song just translated so well to, to from being performed by a singer to being performed by a band. And I, it's probably just because it's a catchy song to begin with, but like, and, and probably because I wasn't expecting to hear it. You know, you, you know, when you're not expecting to hear a song and then you hear it on the radio and you're like, Holy shit, this is my jam. And, and this was kind of that. I was like, there's no, I had no way of knowing that this song was going to be played, but it was played. And I was like, wow, they're doing a really good job with this. And this is a great song to be a, to be used as a pet band song. So props to the Baylor band and, I, I really liked any way you want it as performed by by a pet band. And Baylor, they actually renamed the song to Any Way You Want It, Even If You Don't Want It. <laughs> if you know again, if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know I'm not gonna go into details on that one on the right hash, but uh, if you know, you know. Yeah, maybe maybe now at Grambling with our Art Bryles taking that job. But uh Yeah, but, I, good well, good for good for him though. Like I, I, I like second chances. People yeah. make, People do bad things. Stuff gets yeah. away from you. We'll, we'll get to a. We'll get to a. That reminds me. We will get to a college kind of a college football coaching reset at some point. Uh, yeah, because there has been a lot, a lot. It's still not totally over uh, the coaching carousel. Uh, Matt Matt Luke stepping down from Georgia was another piece of news that uh, that that came earlier this week. Um, but continuing with the the pet band, uh, <clears throat> I should say the pet band. Rank, you know, not really rankings, just more of a brainstorm of our, our favorite bands, our favorite songs to hear from pet bands at sporting events. Um, oh, back to you. As you can tell from my list, I'm a very, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to these, and my top two are going to be no different than that. Um, my second, cl- absolute classic, everywhere plays it, Land of a Thousand Dances. That is my second. That I mean, it is. It is just. It's classic. It's a. It's a commercial song. It is. It is for any and every moment that you want to involve the crowd. Yeah, and I call this the thirty-second timeout song because there you go. It's, it's the perfect song to play toward the end of the game when the game's getting intense. And a coach calls a 30-second timeout to try and draw up a play, and then you hear like do 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 do. Yep. Because it's it's the only song you can really play and get in the mood intense in that short period of time, and it, it's it's it feels like a badass song to play too. Like when you're when you're actually playing it, not just listening to it. It it, it gets the band hype, and the, half the battle is getting the band hype so that the crowd has to match the band's hype. Because yeah, you're not going to a sporting event and the hundred nerds in the band are more hyped than you for an athletic event. You're not going to let that happen, right? So. You have to match the band's level. Yeah, um, and, and it, a lot of times they, they really are like the leaders. And sometimes at, at schools that aren't as good at sports, they're they're the only cheering section there. So I, I like that one. And I actually never really knew the name of that song until you just mentioned it. So there you go. For that, for that I thank you. There you go. 
My next one is Take On Me by AHA. And this is a, another another popular one. Uh, first, I first obviously heard it by the UVA band. And I didn't know the name of it uh, until much later. Uh, but they've been playing this one for a long time. And just just the intro kind of gets you ready. It, it's, it's, it's another one of those upbeat kind of peppy songs. Uh, they don't really play it at the beginning. This is more of a song that gets, gets played during timeouts also. Um, but... This is the the one of the songs that got me into just that genre in general of that sort of like, I don't even know really how to describe it. Not really rock, not really pop, but that sort of 80s, like middle of the road type, upbeat, funky-ish music. And it's this just is another 80s. song. Yeah, I mean, this it's, is another song that you, you just, you hear a pet band playing it and you immediately start singing along. It's, it's genreless other than 80s. And as yeah. we go through the list, it is really dawning on me how much the 80s carries the pet band uh uh, de- uh not demographic but just the the segment of music pet band music is apparently carried by 80s tunes yeah i got no problem with it I, no I me love either me I either song. um great yeah great great song choice i haven't he- i haven't heard that one as much um but i i feel like that's not one that is going to be constantly played like you 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 keep that one in the holster until you need it. Just it's FYI, crap. there it wouldn't be a grinder session without some indecision. Um, but not number one needed no decision. I knew exactly what it was as soon as we uh, as soon as we saw this from our good friend Dick Parker. Uh, hey baby, dun 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 dun. Uh, what's really embarrassing is I find myself being one of the only people singing it whenever I'm at a game. So I don't know if people just get didn't get the memo. Oh, dude, I sing a- it. Sing it in the I, I, studio when I hear it during my radio broadcasts. <laughs> I, I feel like there are a number of people that do, but I just feel like whenever I go to games and it comes on, it, you know, it's being played, nobody around me is singing it. Which, I mean, t- to each their own. Some people, I built that shit. That's my, it's my favorite, dude. It was so fun to play in the band because we didn't have to play. We just kind of sw- swayed back and forth while the tubas did everything. Um, you know, we came in later, but we got to sing the Hey Baby part. The one year I was in band, actually the two years I was in band in seventh and eighth grade, I played tuba. And I remember we did this song in class and it was yeah. the tuba song. So that was, that. I do vaguely, vaguely remember that. It's probably the only thing I remember from my tuba playing days. Um, but yeah, every every game. You know, I cover a lot of high school football. This is always at every game, um, and, yeah. and the, the, the guys I do the games with actually always point out when it's playing because they're they're such fans of the song as well. Uh, I'm actually this is a song I'm surprised we're still allowed to play with all the all the sensitivity of you know you know you know that you know what I'm talking about. It's like oh no, is this is this song have bad connotations? Um, but no, like luckily, the, we can still play. We can still play. Hey, baby, it's it passes the test. Like, like the people baby. who are now offended by baby, it's cold outside. Exactly. It's like yeah, I get what you're um, saying. Yeah, but but no, I, I I also I also knew exactly what you were going to say as your number one when you when you brought that up because I mean I mean if you're a if you actually were in a pep band, you can't dislike this song. It's like the law. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I mean. You couldn't even be offended at it. I mean, in the song, he asked for consent. He says, I want to know if you'll be my girl. Not, yeah. lady, you're going to be my girl. Come hell or high water. Like, I, I want to know. Are you Are you going to give me consent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, it just makes me want to go get the tuba again. 
just where where is that old where is that old tuba that I used twenty years ago uh, to to half ass play uh, play in the middle school band? Um, just dr- drag your drag your chair cl- across the floor. <laughs> it makes a similar sound. <laughs> so my number one is also from the eighties, and it's a staple of a school that Thompson hates, and it's. By my favorite singer of all time, my favorite musician of all time. I've seen this song in concert performed by the man himself, uh, Paul Simon. It, it was probably the most religious experience of my life when I heard it um, performed live. But when I, I, going back 20, 25 years to the Virginia Cavalier Pet Band, uh, this was also one of their staples. Um, and it was played at every basketball game. And I'm, I'm sure this is one of the biggest reasons that my dad took me to basketball games so he could hear uh, Paul Simon played by a band. Uh, but it's You Can Call Me Al, uh, one of my all-time favorite songs, uh, just in general, and then just my favorite song to hear by a pet band, uh, another song uh, that has brass in it, and so just being played by uh, a bunch of brass experts, uh, just just music to my ears, literally. Um, I, I know I know you don't like to hear this song because it generally means the gators are happy, um, but, but to me, it goes so much deeper than that. Um, and I'll, and I'll tell you when I saw Paul Simon do this song live in Philadelphia a few years ago, I just like, I wanted to die right there. It was just like, just take me now. I don't think my life's going to get any better than this. Well, look, we had a good run as Red Hat partners. Yeah. Um, I was, I knew, I knew this, I knew this was a possibility coming into today's show. It's, it's it's sad that it has to end this way. Um, (laughs) I'll always cherish the memories we have. Uh, I, I I can't back you here. I, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna respect the list, but in a way that I respectfully disagree. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's an okay, it's an okay song. I like even uh, aside from it being from the Florida Gators, the song is never really it never really like piqued my interest. Maybe it's just because of when I hear it, but um, you know, to to, to each their own. I it's uh. It could have it could have been worse. You could have had worse favorite pep band songs. So I'll I'll just go that way. I mean, to to be fair, my my two honorable mentions are for two SEC teams that are not Tennessee. So and one of them is a rifle. So I I, I can give you a pass on that one. I appreciate it. I'm I'm still I'm still a not not gonna not not gonna alter my list at all just to to placate placate the right hash. We're 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 sticking to my, to my guns here with a uh, with Paul. Um, He's, he's close. He's a close, close personal friend of mine. You know, us, us Jewish people stick together. It takes guts to do the right thing when no one else wants you to do the right thing, and uh, even though it's not the right thing, it's what you think is right, Luke. So you've shown perseverance today. You've shown integrity. <laughs> you you are getting all the fourth grade. Uh, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Gold stars, know. like no, that they're like um, not personality traits. They're uh, Oh man, we called him something in fourth grade. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, um, do, do you have any honorable mentions? So I do actually, and it's it's not so much a song; it's more of a tradition um, involving the band, and it's it's the fast fight song at the under four timeout of the second half of every NC State basketball game, uh, where the trumpet section comes on and they face each okay. side of the each side of the crowd, and they go real fast. And they go faster each time, and then they go back, and the full band plays the fight song really, really slowly. Uh, I've oh, always yeah. really enjoyed yeah, yeah, yeah. that. 
Um, Me too. <laughs> so that that's that's my my honorable mention. Uh, I could honestly do a whole list of like pop songs that that I've heard the NC State band play. Like, All the small things is another one uh, that they play a lot, which which I like a lot. Um, but the the I like the fast fight because it's the, it's the routine of it, and like you know it's coming at that timeout, and if it's a close game, it, it gets the fans right back into it. The the buildup is nice because sometimes you catch yourself in a lull part of the game, and it starts you slow to match your lull, and then it just kind of naturally pulls you along until it's really, really, really fast, and it just that, that, that there is something scientific and psychological about that that it it drags you out of whatever your lull is. Maybe maybe the timeout, maybe it's a bad part of the game, and just pulls you right back into the to, to the hype and, and fanfare of the events. So. I, yeah. I, I concur. And another song um, the UVA band used to play, that's my last honorable mention, is Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. I, I enjoyed when they would when they would do that one at basketball games too. Walk into the room, passing out hundred dollar bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I like I like that song a lot too. Big and Rich is uh bit, I like Big and Rich. The uh they're the uh, old college game day song too. Yeah. So um all right, my my two honorable mentions, I'm going to get the bad one out of the way because I, I hate myself that I like it. But when the Georgia pet band plays Bad Bad Leroy Brown, there is not, oh, a, part of me, yeah. there's not a part of me that can't like it because I love the song. I hate, I hate that it's associated with Georgia. But from a pet band and a band kid's perspective, it is so cool. I, lo- I love hearing them play it. I just I love Tim Croce, man. He's one of my favorite singers, and R.I.P. Taken far, far too soon. Um, Agreed. But that they play it whether they win or lose, so it's not like it's not like a victory song or anything. So I like that's kind of what I hang my hat on as far as liking it. It's just a song that they're going to play regardless, um, and it's just it, it is such a killer song. My, my uncle's a Georgia fan, and I think I got put onto the song itself. When I was really, really young, so it got ingrained, and then just found out later in life that that's what Georgia plays. So I, I don't know, a little bit of subliminal marketing there. I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan of how it got into me, but here we are now. And then my second one, very much, much more modern than that, much more recent. I think if you've watched college football in the last two or three years, you know what this song is, and it is "Neck" from the LSU band. Um, <laughs> It, it is, it is the most disrespectful song I think I've ever heard, and I love that they have no shame about playing it. It is LSU has always been my second SEC team. I've mentioned that on the show several times. Um, I root for LSU outside of basketball. I root for LSU for in pretty much everything when they're not playing against Tennessee. Um, and the, the 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 next song is just it is. It is that's so great. <laughs> yeah, mo- most of these songs that we've talked about have been older songs, so it's good to get some uh, good to get some modern flavor in this. It, it's nice that they're well, that, and the, it's also nice that new pet band songs are being created. Now, yeah. I don't know the history of Neck. I know it goes back further than just the last two years, but um, it doesn't go back much further because it was a club. Uh, it was a club song to start with, so it doesn't go back too far. Um, but yeah, that's. That that one became my favorite modern pet band song. Dude, I'm still I'm still just in awe of Bad Bad Boy Brown. That's a 
the classic man. So better so than good. old, better than old King Kong. Meaner than a junkyard dog, dude. <clears throat> Fantastic it's, lines. So such a good. It's so catchy. It is, man. And uh, so they not even my favorite Croce song though, and it's still a classic. Uh, so yeah, I, I uh, could go on and on. Uh, join join yeah. our music podcast. We should start a music podcast. Yeah, I I would be down <laughs> for that. Uh, I've always wanted to be like, can we trade, you know, can we just trade like Justin Bieber for Jim Croce or something? Man? Can I see this dude in concert? Like, ah, oh, hey, the, the Biebs makes good music. He gets a bad rap because he finally, yeah, finally, finally, now that he's grown up and knows how to, knows what music should be. He's, um, he's a ridiculous singer. Like, yeah, he, he, he's got pipes. He can, he can make good music if he puts his mind to it. Yeah. So that was the grinder segment. We have been thrown in, ground up. And come out on the other side with this list of our favorite pep band songs. Thanks again to Richard Parker uh, for throwing us in the grinder. Follow us on Twitter at the Red Hash. Send us a message. Uh, send us a tweet, what you want us to talk about. Um, we always appreciate the feedback. And we've, we've gained a few followers in the last, the last week or so. So we, we appreciate everyone uh, who's jumped on board. Um, but now we go to basketball. And we're not quite at the part where, where we go we go crazy on the hot box yet. We're, we want to we want to want to maybe set the scene a little bit as the regular season coming uh, down the stretch and the men's regular season has you know one week plus left you know one week left essentially. Uh, this is the last weekend of women's regular season play and you know the SEC tournament next year or next week in, in Greenville is gonna gonna be a lot of fun I think uh, uh, wide open as to as to who could win that um, but. Um, by the time you listen to this show, North Carolina will probably have beaten the shit out of NC State um, in, in hopefully Kevin Keats's last game at PNC Arena. Um, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but we're, we're getting to the point point where teams are one loss can put them out of the tournament. You know, there there are a lot of teams with very little margin for error left, and the ACC is full of those teams. Uh, Virginia cannot lose another game, basically, if they want to go to the NCAA tournament. Virginia Tech has to win out if they want to go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Wake Forest was on such good footing um, a month ago. And, you know, they're still a tournament team, but, you know, their seed's going to be lower than we thought it was. North Carolina is, is a team people are talking about as a bubble team, which I have no idea why uh, the heels are a lock for me. And Notre Dame, also up, up high in the ACC and Miami. So a lot of the less less traditional teams in the ACC this year are toward the top. And I think that's what is making people say that the league is down this year. And the league is down a little bit this year. But I got to figure that if, you know, if Duke and North Carolina were still at the top, you know, battling it out, that would be the narrative. It wouldn't necessarily be as the league is down. Uh, I mean, the league is definitely down. There's, yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a consensus about that. I just mean like the media is talking about that more because it's not Duke versus North Carolina fighting at the top like it usually is. I think that, but you also don't have Florida State, you don't have Louisville, you don't have Pittsburgh, you know, you don't have Virginia. It, it, right? There, there's one. There's one. Is Notre Dame ranked? They two, are not. Two, one ranked ACC team. UNC was yeah, on no, Joe Lenardi's. Yeah, it's Duke, and yeah. that's it. Um, UNC was on Joe Lenardi's last four in this past week. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the ACC is bad this year. It's not even a down year. The ACC is bad. That there is no other way to put it. They are a bad conference, top to bottom. Um, when you're comparing them to 
the you know Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC. They are they're a bad conference. Um, the national champion might come out of this conference, but they have they have one shot at that. They have one lottery ticket to win the national title this year in Duke. Um, like I, I'm not trying to slight the ACC, but it is it's 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 not good. They're, they're not the teams at the top are not good. Um, it's like the football season. Okay, you can put Pittsburgh and Wake Forest in the rankings if you want to, but they're not real ranked teams. They're they're just you 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 feel like you have to put whoever's at the top of the ACC in a ranking, so you do. But they're not really. Um, so uh, just really a pretty awful year for the ACC all around. Um, in pretty much every sport, probably the worst year the ACC has had since I've been alive, just across the board. Um, it's going to lead into my hot box a little bit later, but um, the, the, the one the one positive I see coming out of this conference right now is is the emergence of Wake Forest, the reemergence of Wake Forest with Steve Forbes. Um, really love the job he's done. Of course, I'm familiar with Steve Forbes. We've talked about him on the show before. Um, really loving the job that he's done so quickly at Wake Forest, having them back in the – you know, top four or five of the conference. Um, I would say they're a team that when it's all said and done, they're going to be on that that uh, first four out, last four in line, potentially. potentially. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see what they do that down the stretch. Uh, moving away from the ACC a little bit, um, we have some two massive matchups in the SEC today. Uh, Kentucky takes on Arkansas. <laughs> Um, most likely they're not going to have any of their guards, Severe Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington. Uh, both those guys are going to be out. Um, and they're, and they're, they're going to, to Bud Walton. That's a incredibly tough place to play. They held Tennessee to under 50 points when we played there last weekend. They're a great defensive team. Um, that's going to be a tough one. I'd like to settle in and focus on what I think is not, not just personally, but just across the league. I think probably the best game in college basketball this weekend is Auburn coming into Thompson Bowling uh, to take on Tennessee. Um, I know there's a lot of different feelings that folks in Knoxville have towards Bruce Pearl. Some folks like him, some folks love him, some hate him. I think most people probably fall somewhere in the middle where, you know, they're not quote unquote fans of his anymore because he's not at Tennessee, but they know that he loves Knoxville. He loved it when he was here and we all appreciate what he's done for the basketball program, you know, Rick Barnes doesn't end up here if Bruce Pearl doesn't put Tennessee on display um, with with what can be done here in this program. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I've been kind of dreading this matchup all year, not because of Jabari Smith, not because of, because of Katie Johnson, um, mainly because of Walker Kessler. This is a guy that we were hopefully we were hoping to get in the transfer portal in the offseason, and he wound up going down to Bruce Pearl. Uh, Bruce Pearl's program at Auburn on the Plains. Um, we have found a much-needed post-presence after losing Olivier Kamwa two weeks ago for the rest of the season. Um, jo- uh, Jonas Aidu, a seven-foot freshman, and Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, a five-star freshman forward center. He's like 6'11". Um, those guys are getting some really good minutes. We finally got some rim protection again. Uh, they're, they're not the most uh, adept offensively, but we don't really need that with our guards that we have. Um I'd say Tennessee's playing their best basketball of the season right now, which is a good thing. You need to be playing your best basketball of the season coming into March. Uh, still leave a lot to be desired, I think, on the offensive side of the ball. Still a very much live by the three, die by the three team, which is scary um, when you're talking about single game eliminations. But uh, could also be 
really it, it's one of those things where we're a streaky team and if we get streaky at the right time it's going to be good if we go cold we're going to be bounced really fast um i don't know how we handle jabari smith our guards are definitely not big and he is massive uh, especially when we go to a four guard lineup but this team's found a way to win the last month they have not lost in thompson bowling this entire year this is going to be as good of an environment as there's been in basketball this year. It's going to be at least as good as it was for Kentucky two weeks ago. Um, and, I mean, this is, uh, you know, a 4 o'clock Saturday game, not a 9 o'clock Tuesday game like that was. So this is going to be a great game. I'm, re- I'm really excited for the day of college basketball we have ahead of us. And looking at the SEC standings, <clears throat> excuse me, it looks like the top four are more or less squared away as to who they're going to be. You've got Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn 13 and 2, Kentucky 12 and 3, Arkansas 11 and 4, and Tennessee also 11 and 4. I think seeding is still up in the air, though, because if Tennessee wins today and Kentucky loses to Arkansas, then you're going to have a three way tie for third, second place, excuse me, with three 12 and 4 teams with Auburn still a game ahead. And then there's there's still two games next week. So so I don't want to get too deep in the scenarios because there's still a lot of basketball to be played. But the cream of the SEC has definitely set itself apart uh, to the point where the top four is pretty much shaken out. Uh, still need to decide who's going to be you know the top seed versus the fourth seed. But uh, the four teams, it looks like we know who they're going to be. Yeah, and I mean Tennessee plays Auburn today. We get kind of a bye game on Tuesday as we finally get to play Georgia. We haven't got to play them all year. We finally get to play Georgia. Um, and then we, we end the game next Saturday. Arkansas comes to Thompson Bowling for what what is likely going to be deciding, uh, you know, the two, three, or four seed. You know, I, I think both teams are going to wind up in the uh, double bye range, if I had to guess. I think that's what our top four is going to settle on. Um, but this is going to help decide which side of the bracket we're on. Funny thing, if the if the season stopped today, uh, the matchups we have today, actually, Auburn versus Tennessee, Kentucky versus Arkansas, would be the 1-4-2-3 matchup. So it's kind of like we're getting a, a an early glimpse into what the tournament might shake out to be, um, you know, and we're still two weeks away from the tournament occurring. So... That this is a massive, massive day in basketball across the league. Um, there's also a couple other top 25 matchups this weekend, uh, including number five Kansas uh, playing number 10 Baylor, and then top top ranked Gonzaga uh, plays number 23 St. Mary's. So uh, Gonzaga getting a little bit of a a little bit of a test here down the stretch. They normally aren't super tested in conference play. So nice to see them have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a litmus test themselves going into postseason play. And one team that nobody's talking about that I want to talk about and make sure people are aware of Murray state number 19 in the country. They are 16 and O right now in the Ohio, Ohio Valley conference, make that 17 and O right now in the Ohio Valley conference with their finale today against Southeast Missouri state. Uh, John Morant, obviously not there anymore. Doesn't matter. Uh, they just beat Belmont by 33. Belmont, the second best team in the Ohio Valley Conference um, on Thursday night. Uh, so 
Keep an eye out for the racers. It looks like they're setting up around the 8-9 range. Murray State versus a one seed in the second round of the NCAA tournament would be a fantastic game to watch. So I just want to make sure everybody's aware of, of, of Murray State. They, they have not gone anywhere, even though John Morant is now in the NBA. Great, great call out. And I'm going to I'm gonna piggyback off of that and make sure folks are still paying attention to Providence. You might not uh you might not respect them because of their name, or you just think there's some like hick ass mid major team, but uh Providence is a top ten team in the country and uh they they played Gonzaga to the wire um earlier this season, beat Connecticut earlier this season, beat Texas Tech earlier this season. Uh the honestly the worst game they've had, Luke came against your who's really, yeah. really early this season. Yeah, but that's um, that's one of the main wins Virginia's hanging their hat on for their bubble case and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the committee looks at that. But I will say about Providence, they, they've got some tradition. You know, Rick, Rick Pitino used to coach there. Um, they've had they've turned out some some guys in the NBA. Um, so not not maybe not you know, this part of the country probably less recognized. But if, if you're up you're up in the Northeast, you definitely know Providence. But yeah, they're they're going to be a team to watch uh, in the tournament as well. They're just not a team you commonly see in the top ten. They're, they're, yeah. they're a team that you do, you 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 really don't want to play them in. Uh, the tournament, but you know that they, they, they kind of have like a Xavier vibe to me. Like right. they're that they're they're either good or bad. There's not normally like middle of the road Providence teams. Either they're a good Providence team, or you know it's just not their year. So yeah, if, if you see them, yeah, they're, they're it, one of those teams that if you see their name in the field, you know they're going to be dangerous. Yeah, exactly. You're you don't want them. You don't want them in your you know. Uh, I guess they're not going to be the low seed in pretty much any matchups until Sweet 16. But, you know, historically, they're that team you don't want to catch in an 8-9 or, you know, a 6-11 battle because they're they're always better in the tournament than they play during the regular season. Just something about them, something about their confidence. They seem to always be there. So just wanted to piggyback off of your Murray State thing. I know they're a little bit more traditional, but that they haven't been prominent in a, in a couple years, really. So... Watch out for Providence again. Don't let these guys bust your brackets. They are real. Respect them. Yeah, Ed Cooley's done a tremendous job in his decade there at Providence. Uh, 309 and 207, so a record of well over uh, 100 wins more than uh, than losses for Ed Cooley in his coaching career. So definitely, definitely a, uh, a team that I enjoy watching, uh, a team that I enjoy seeing have success. Um, I think Ed Cooley is, is one of the better coaches in, uh, in America. Um, but 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 what better way to, to lead into our first hot box segment in, in quite some time talking about one coach who's doing a great job and one coach who's really not doing quite as great of a job and, and that's gonna be putting it mildly. And that that's about as mildly as I can put it because this is your hot box, uh, Thompson. And this is something that you've been waiting to unleash for quite some time. And we've been talking on air or excuse me, off air about how this this could be the longest segment of the show. Um, so we are back in the hot box. We haven't done this in a little while, and we, we think that's best because not every not every show needs a hot box, but when we are ready to do one, it adds tremendous value uh, to, to the final portion of our show. And we're bringing it back this week because we both have things we would like to talk about. And since we're talking about basketball and yours is about basketball, I'm going to let you go first. Without further ado, Alex Thompson, you are in the hot box. Thank you, my esteemed co-host Luke Dadkarni. Um it, it's with a heavy heart that I am with you today in this hot box. I was hoping it never had to come to this, but here we are. 
it is it has come to this. I, I have cut a promo on Kevin Keats before on this show. I don't remember if I did a hot box on it, but I know I've ranted about it. But this one, without a doubt, is a hot box. Get your popcorn, strap in. This one is a doozy. Kevin Keats needs to be fired. He's a great person, I think. Um, he's an awful coach. Uh, NC State touched last place in the ACC for the second time over the uh, over this past week in its loss to Boston College. And I really don't understand why there's not a hot seat on this guy. I'm not hearing anything. Nobody's pushing for him to be fired. I don't understand how you give a longer leash to Kevin Keats than you did Sidney Lowe. Sidney Lowe coached five years in NC State. Kevin Keats is in his fifth year. Sidney Lowe's last season had a 15-16 and 16 record, a 4-8-4 winning percentage. And that was enough to get him canned. And he was on—he was firmly on the hot seat the entire year and some the prior year. Kevin Keats in his fifth season, 11-17 with a 3-9-3 win percentage. And nobody is talking about it. He went to more NCAA tournament, tournaments in three years at fucking UNCW than he has in five seasons at NC State. It's absolutely ridiculous that this guy is still the coach. Any school with a shred of dignity would have fired this guy way before this point in the season. State has three more games left this year. UNC, Wake Forest, and Florida State. All of those teams will be favored. Kevin Keats has to beat one to tie the worst season in NC State history. If he doesn't win another game, which is extremely possible, he would have been the orchestrator of the worst single season in the history of NC State basketball. I got to say, I don't know what else you have to do to get fired. If being the literal worst coach in the history of the basketball program will not get you fired, I don't know what you got to do. The administration should be embarrassed that first-year coaches Hubert Davis and Steve Forbes are massively outperforming their guy who has been here for five years and not only that, has the worst team in the conference. Not to mention, this is arguably the worst year we've ever seen for ACC basketball since we've been alive, and he still can't stand out from the pack. As much as I hate Dave Duran, at least he is in the top third of the conference in a very down year for the ACC. At least he didn't suck ass when everyone else did, like Keats has. It's an utter embarrassment, and honestly, people should just stop going to these games altogether until the administration finds a pair. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's a changing of the guard in Chapel Hill on the horizon in Durham. This is the perfect time to go get a top-tier coach, if you can, to try to regain or just gain in general a foothold in the triangle. Look at what Wake Forest did. They didn't make a budget coaching hire. They're in the top four, top five of the division, and you're fucking one at Wake Forest. And maybe going to the tournament, as long as they keep it up down the stretch, maybe win a couple games. I'm not even getting into the we-could-get-this-guy-or-that-guy game as I think it's a massive waste of breath, as there's no way the North Carolina State Athletic Department comes to its senses and fires this clown. They're too busy knobschlobbing on Dave Duran coming in fourth place in the worst season the ACC has had since before Dabo was in the conference. But that's a hot box for another day. It's just really embarrassing to be one of the three teams in the triangle, arguably the mecca of the entire collegiate basketball landscape, and for no one to even consider you amongst their peers. But at least they have a good engineering school, right? Go step on a rake, North Carolina State men. Go step on a rake, NC State fans who don't care. 
Go step on a rake, Kevin Keats. That's my hot box. And and I share a lot of that. And I, I back five years ago when he was hired from UNC Wilmington, I gave the hire a B because yeah, he did good at Wilmington for a couple of years. But and these aren't my words; these are words of of another 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 state graduate who I'm friends with. Um, he said that we settled to avoid embarrassment, and that's exactly what we did at that time. We avoided embarrassment five years ago. Everyone was excited. Everyone thought you know was looking on the bright side with the potential. Now it's time to pay the piper. The embarrassment is coming to hit us now. You know, this is with Duke. You Duke is Duke with UNC the way it is now in flux. Duke's going to be in flux next year. This was NC State's chance to set themselves apart. You know, to really be like, okay, we are a Tobacco Road member. We belong here, and they're not doing that on the court. And they've had injuries, but every team has had injuries. And even with the injuries, they're still not playing the type of basketball that leads me to believe that Kevin Keats is a good leader. So all that embarrassment that we avoided five years ago by making, quote-unquote, the safe hire, now that's getting dropped right on us. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm tired of Keats, too, and I, I'm, glad, I'm glad we had that hot box because that's, those are things that I think needed to be said from people who care. I wish I wish more people would just open their eyes. A, a coworker of mine has been telling me about his NC State buddies, and he said a bet that he literally just made with one of them this week was them saying they expect Keats to. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Make the tournament next year and compete for a championship next year. I mean, we're on the right hash. I've never been anywhere close to something that good. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what I would have to ingest to get me to the level that I think Kevin Keats is going to win a, any championship of any kind next year. I don't think he would win a high school championship next year. Green, Red, green level, green level high school could beat NC State at basketball. Yeah, uh, our very own Armand Kuchecki would have done a better job with his NC State team than Kevin Keats has. I, I firmly believe that. That's not even placating. I, I firmly believe that. Um, yeah. So check out man. check out the Green Level Gators next year. Uh, for for I know their season's over now, but um, they've they've got I hear they have a hell of a coach, hell of an assistant coach. Yeah, they're 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 well they're well staffed down there. Um, well staffed, well stocked. With, with 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 mine out of the way, uh, to my understanding, we are moving over somewhat towards the gridiron, or at least a player who who makes his his living and his name on the gridiron. Um. I'm not going to say any more about it. I'll let you. I'll let you discuss everything about it. But with that being said, Luke Ned Carney, you are now in the hot box. Thank you, Alex. And yes, we would be remiss on the right hash if we didn't at least touch on some football topics here. Um, and this isn't so much about football as it is about a person who plays football, and his name is Aaron Rodgers. I'm tired of hearing about Aaron Rodgers. I'm. T- of hearing about your opinions about Aaron Rodgers. I don't care anymore. I don't care. You know, I cared for a little bit when it was found out that he would was being dishonest and the NFL was letting him break the rules and not doing anything about it. And I was mad about that for a little bit. But you know what I did? I moved on. I watched him lose in the playoffs. I pointed my finger at the TV and laughed. And then, you know what? I let the dude just get on with his fucking life. And now you search Aaron Rodgers on Google or Twitter, and now you're hearing about 
his girlfriend or are, you know, are they still together? Um, you know, what's Aaron Rodgers doing this off season? Uh, Greg Jennings wants to inject his opinion into uh, what, what he thinks Aaron Rodgers should be paid. Um, like Greg Jennings isn't going against the word of dozens of teammates who think Rodgers is actually a decent person and was a good teammate. And, you know, Jennings calling him <clears throat> selfish, among other things. Um, not going to get too big into what Greg Jennings had to say because I don't really care. Uh, but I also don't really care what you have to say about Aaron Rodgers. And you shouldn't care about what I have to say because it's time to just move on. Let's see what he's going to do with the Packers. Is he going to play in Green Bay next year? Who's he going to have to throw the ball to? Is Devontae Adams still going to be on the team? Are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon still going to be his running backs? Is Matt LaFleur, is his relationship with Matt LaFleur going to be better or worse than it is last year? That's what I want to hear about. I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers and COVID. I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers and his girlfriend or spouse or whoever the hell he's involved with uh, you know, today. It, it, let the dude be who he is off the fucking field and just let him be a football player. Judge him as a football player. If you're a football fan, I'm really tired of us saying, Oh, athletes are people too. And then holding athletes to higher standards than we hold regular people. You can't have it both ways. If you want to talk about how Aaron Rodgers should win more Super Bowls and is, you know, you think less of him as a football player because he hasn't won Super Bowls or as many Super Bowls as you think he should, fine, we can have that discussion. If you're still stuck on what he did during the season and all that shit with COVID and COVID protocols and, and being immunized, if you're still on that and you're still taking solace in anything that happens to him because of that, you can go fuck yourself and you're no better than Aaron Rodgers himself or no better than you think Aaron Rodgers is. And that is my hot box. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I still think he would be a kick-ass Jeopardy host. He really would. I, I, I think so. And I knew, I, knew, I knew that that was more temporary for him. I knew that he probably wasn't going to actually take the job um, because that was the kind of the MO of the, the guest hosts. But yeah, he did the best out of anyone except for maybe Joe Buck. Yeah, uh, I've, I really like the job that Mayim Bialik has done as well. Um, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of hers just to start, uh, but she's also just like, actually a genius so it's nice to have someone up there kind of also smart but i i i liked what aaron Rodgers brought to it I, I liked when he was on jeopardy um as a contestant i know he's been on there a couple of times in like their nfl edition or athlete edition um but yeah the the, the message of your hot box is is completely valid um it, it it brings me to a point that i want to discuss in you know an upcoming show because we're going to be talking about nfl rosters soon uh, with the draft coming up, the combine coming up, that's just, you know, free agency coming up. It's going to be a part of what we talk about. But I want to talk about this quarterback pay scale thing because I'm not sure that they're worth it anymore. I, Aaron Rodgers is probably, his value is probably $50 million a year, but I don't know if he's worth it given what it takes away from the rest of your roster. Because if you remember back in the heyday and even as early as two years ago, Tom Brady was taking pay cuts to help pay teammates and get a better team. Peyton Manning historically has taken pay cuts to help the Colts and the Broncos get a better team. It seems like those days are a little bit gone with Mahomes taking $50 million deal, Deshaun Watson, $50 million deal. Sounds like Derek Carr is going to be in the same range when he comes up. 
Aaron Rodgers is going to be the same range. Is it worth it to pay a, a quarterback $50 million? We're not just talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, is it is it worth it to pay a quarterback $50 million when your salary cap is 280, 270, 300? You know, is it worth it to have one sixth of your salary cap sitting in one player who, by the way, still hasn't taken you to a Super Bowl in 10 years? Yeah, that, that, that's, and that's what I want to hear. That's the discussions I want to hear. I don't yeah, want to hear what it about. Be. I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers' hospital visits or Aaron Rodgers <laughs> yeah. on Pat McAfee's show or Aaron Rodgers' feet or Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend. I, football, or Aaron Rodgers I want, at the Kentucky Derby. I, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. That that's what I want to hear about. So, yeah, I, I, I did like the Aaron Rodgers golfing stuff though. Like uh, all all of the the appearances he's made, I, I've liked Aaron Rodgers and most of what he's done. So. I think there is going to be some talk about him outside of football because he has spread himself outside of football himself. So I think there's wasn't this guy like so beloved a few years ago for his you know his discount double check like everyone thought that was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's just the the, the the public opinion of people that we don't really know. It is it, it, why do people concern themselves so much with it? You know, Aaron Rodgers. What does it matter what Aaron Rodgers does? That doesn't affect you. You can still enjoy sports. You can still love or hate the Packers, regardless of how Aaron Rodgers approaches COVID. Like, yeah, let's just let's just all move on. As we head out to give the people something to think about, and since we're on the subject, Luke, I'm putting you on the hot spot. You can put me on the hot spot too. Not not a new segment, just something temporary. Where does Aaron Rodgers play his football next season? Food for thought. Yeah, that could be that could be a, a new a new outro segment. Food for thought. There we uh, go. Yeah. For the, next, for the next show. Look, munchie, munchies for thought. Munchies. munchies. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. But I, I do, I do like I do like that. I do like that. And I do think that we could do a whole entire show right now on that. But we don't have time, unfortunately. So if you want to get in on the conversation, you can tweet us at the right hash. And we're actually I'm actually gonna fire off a tweet uh, a little later today, uh, when 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 we post the episode and you can offer your opinion on where you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play his football next year. So we'd, we'd love to hear from our fans. We know we have at least one NFC North fan among our listeners. So he, I'm sure he will have some opinions on where he thinks Aaron Rodgers should be playing. We, we've probably got a, probably got a few. Um, I know we've got a Vikings fan or two out there that may have a, a, a feeling on it as well. Um, I got a, a couple of quick hitters just as we're ending real quick. Um, Lady Vols take on eighth-ranked LSU on Sunday at 2 p.m. As Luke alluded to earlier, the uh, the women's season is winding down. Um, not eighth not ranked, really much. Eighth-ranked, eighth, eighth that means three-and-a-half ranking points, right? <laughs> that's that's too much math for me earlier this, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Lady Vols definitely on a little bit of a schneid. A little bit of this tougher part of the uh, schedule came up at the end with some injury issues. Um, I, I, I don't have super high hopes for, for them just because of the injuries they've taken on here at the end of the season, but, uh, looking forward to, to, I mean, the rest of the season and, and next year. Um, last thing I want to mention real quick, um, James Harden played his first game last night for the Philadelphia 76ers and he went 27 points, eight rebounds, 12 assists, close to a triple double in his debut. And, uh, I got to be honest, that's one of the more even stat lines I've seen for James Harden over the last couple of years. Uh, we, we have we have any we didn't even really talk about that uh, that happening. The the, the Sixers 
uh, Nets trade. We talked about it, but not a whole lot. Um, I think that's a it's a match made in heaven for Philly, man. I think they're I think they went to the best team in the East, if not second, behind Milwaukee. Um, that's gonna that's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun matchup if that happens in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm rooting for Harden, man. I, I I'm happy that Me he too. got I'm happy that he got out of the shit show that that was Brooklyn. Um, you know, you say what you will about Philly, you know, that has their has its own reputation. Uh, but I, being, being out happy. of that spotlight in Brooklyn, being away from KD, now he's away from Steve Nash, away from Kyrie, can kind of do his own thing. Um, and 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 the Philly Philly the Philly basketball fans are desperate for a a, a, a superstar to latch on to. Uh, so I, I I agree with you. I think this is re- really good for both parties. Yeah, not not to get into a full on debate, but I I, I do. I'm happy for the 76ers fans. I have a couple of friends who are 76ers fans. They're in a different box for me than the rest of Philly sports. That They're kind of like a little bit more of a more tolerable fan base to me, the 76ers fans who, you know, they grew up on both AIs, you know, Iverson and Iguodala, um, back with that old crest across the jersey. I'm happy that Harden's there. Most importantly, for my friends who are 76ers fans, I am happy that the cloud of Ben Simmons is off of you. I can't imagine how bad that has felt for the last year and a half, knowing arguably your your biggest one single net worth asset is unusable and not being used. And you know you have a championship roster around it. It just it won't it won't play. And to finally parlay that into maybe the best scorer we have in the NBA, maybe, um, to go along with MVP candidate Joel Embiid, man, it's gonna be some fun, fun basketball as long as they avoid injuries on that team. Yeah, and we'll, we'll as we move into March here with March Madness and NBA regular season coming to a crest, we will be talking more basketball here on the right hash. So Absolutely. with that in mind, as we are a show of the people, send us a message, send us a tweet. Uh, if there are any NBA related uh, subjects you'd like us to talk about, uh, we are all ears. Um, any any college basketball, of course, too. Um, but but definitely definitely NBA NBA crowdsourcing. This is like a a call to our listeners. Be anything NBA you'd like us to talk about. We are we are an open book uh, here on the right hash. So Alex, uh, thanks a lot for uh, for joining me this morning. I know it's a busy day of SEC and Tennessee uh, action, and just a busy weekend in general. So I won't won't keep you too long, uh, too much longer. Uh, in fact, uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap up here on the right hash and. What a great show today! I'm really glad we got to touch on all those those subjects that that, that are getting us through to, to March Madness. It's all, it's always nice spending an hour, the better part of an hour and a half, every Saturday morning with you, Luke, talking about our favorite thing in the world, sports. And it's just such a great distraction from from everything going on right now. And my 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 way of coping with all the crazy shit that's happening in the world is to just talk about anything else. And that anything else for me is is so often sports. So we'd like to thank you again, the listener, uh, for tuning into this show. Uh, the right hash, shoot us a message, shoot us an email, the right hash at gmail.com. Follow us at the right hash on Twitter. I'd like to thank Slim Sweets, Speedy Custom Sneakers, and uh, Zach Burhans for our voiceover at the beginning. And uh, before we head out, Alex, any, any parting thoughts before I, I hit the music here? No, nah, man.
I'm excited. I think, uh, you know, not, not, not putting a specific date on it, but a little bit of foreshadowing for our crew. Uh, if you heard Zach Burhan's name at the beginning of, or his voice at the beginning of all of our shows, uh, the man, the myth, the legend is going to join us in a guest spot here in the near future. So I've I've been told. So yeah, if you think um, you think we're into NC State baseball, this man is he knows more about NC State baseball than than both of us combined. So he will have a lot more about Tommy Tanks and company uh, when he joins us. Excited for that. So that's the last thing I have. Just be on be on the lookout for the notification that the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Burhans is going to join the right hash. All right. With that, we are riding off into the. Sunset, well, sunrise here on the Saturday morning. Should be a nice day here in North Carolina and lots of sports to go with it. So once again, thank you for tuning in. We will talk to you next week on The Right Path.